Today, we're going to explore something that has so much buzz, and I'm sure you have heard about, read about, listened to a podcast about, laughed at, cried over, or maybe you still have absolutely no idea how to go about making this a part of your life. But the topic is self-care. I want to shed some light on some misconceptions. I want to clarify what self-care is is not, can be, and of course, I'm going to give you my own personal tips as to how to identify what self-care needs to be for you, how to go about carving out the time for it, and making it part of a practice that's going to enhance your control over your chaos. Hi there, you found Drop the Ball with Gina Kuhn, and I'm so excited to give you the opportunity to join a community of women that realize every day, women everywhere are dropping the ball. Let's move past the feeling that we're letting people down and embrace ourselves as the rock stars that we are. Through stories from my personal journey, and interviews with imperfectly strong women around the country, I invite you to embrace the idea that you choose the proverbial ball you get to drop. Together, we'll put down the past, let go of the future, and pick up the present. Through reflection and a shift in mindset and priorities, I'll help you redesign your chaos so you can redefine your life. Next time someone asks, how do you do it all? Your answer will be, I dropped the ball. Let's just start off from the very beginning with a definition. I came across one that I felt was so clear and to the point. And it says that self-care is the deliberate choice you make to maintain your own health and wellness. There are no specifics there. There's no magic formula. It reminds us it's a choice and that it's to maintain your own health and wellness. So inherently, it addresses the fact that this will vary from person to person. And I think that's really important because we are so consumed by social media and seeing what other people are doing for themselves or with their families. And the very first thing to remember when it comes to self-care is that there's no one size fits all. And I did a little experiment just to validate this idea. And I'm going to share the results with you. When I first started looking into the world of self-care, because I have my own misconceptions as well, right? I'm coming to you all with years of experience with practicing self-care. Yet at the same time, I kind of looked inward and said, do I even really know exactly what the point is? How to get to a place of feeling like I've achieved self-care. So I said, you know what, let me just do it justice and do a little research myself. But rather than go the traditional route of looking for articles and all of that, I went and did an image search. I don't know, maybe that was just the wavelength my brain was on that day. I needed pictures instead of words. But it was really cool and interesting to see how many different things came up when I did an image search for self-care. Real quick to sum it up, it just completely contradicts itself, one picture to the next. But here are the specifics, and I'm gonna go quickly because you get the point already. A bed, a bath, the beach, a lake, mountains, 
healthy foods, indulgent foods, exercise, writing, art, medication, prayer, being with friends, being alone, makeup, nail polish, face wash, coffee, tea, water, rain, sun, positive messages and mantras, reminders that things will be difficult, animals, reading, post-it, organizational tools, babies, careers, Netflix, gardens, a library, people laughing, and a woman screaming. It really illustrated the idea that self-care is a choice. It's an intention that you are deciding to fulfill in a way that meets a need for you. I may want the beach while someone else wants a mountain. There are times when laughing is exactly what I need and other times where I just need a good cry and to let the emotions out. Something else that I realized confronted a bit of my own misconception is that self-care always has to be something hobby-related or enjoyable or rested and relaxing. But there are so many different categories here. And I really think that self-care can fall into different categories for which we would need to make decisions about self-care in these different categories. It's not just one type. So in the images I saw, and then some other research that I did just supported this idea, there are basic physical needs that are self-care. So when we think that there's medication that we're prescribed, how could that possibly be self-care? Well, I just want to ask you, do you know anyone in your life who's been prescribed medicine or, or an exercise regimen and then they choose not to? They choose to take the medicine how they feel that they should instead of how it was prescribed or they know they should really be walking three times a week, but they don't. It's a deliberate choice to take care of your health needs. So it's not always this big, elaborate, I'm going to go set up the bathroom with candles and oils and a face mask and just indulge in this luxurious moment for myself. It starts with following some basics of taking care of your body physically. The reason why I think it's important for us to know that is because self-care can seem so elusive that we automatically count ourselves out of being able to take part in it, which will only heighten our stress and the chaotic moments that we're bound to have. So if we could just take a moment to recognize that when we choose to take time out of our day to floss our teeth or to follow that vitamin supplementation that you know your body needs, you're participating in self-care. You can check it off the mental checklist in your mind that you've given yourself something you need. And there's quite a bit of contention over this part of self-care, especially for moms, because there are so many things that other people expect us to find self-care in that we don't. And we'll, we'll reflect and say, taking my medicine in the morning is self-care. Like that's what I'm supposed to do. But again, this is why it varies person to person and why the mindset shift is so big. The first thing I'm going to urge you to do is just disconnect all of your self-care expectations from anybody else. Don't worry about what somebody else is thinking you should or can be or have done for yourself for self-care. It's called self for a reason. It has to do with your body 
and not theirs. So if someone wants to say that you got to go to the grocery store by yourself today, you got time alone, you're allowed to think, no, that's not self-care. That was one of many errands I had to do or because I did that, I didn't get to finish something else. You know, but you also might think my grocery store trip was amazing today. I put on my AirPods, I rocked out to a great playlist, and that might be for you. I have quite a few friends and family members that have told me in the past they love grocery shopping. They love that time for themselves where they just get to go, take their time through a store with no other responsibilities or thoughts. It's fun for them. So I'm happy for those people that have identified it and made that deliberate choice that a supermarket trip once a week is an area where they find joy. And I also get it for the people who have a to-do list a mile long and grocery shopping is a burden that may cause more stress. So just realize, disconnect from everybody else's expectations because your plan is not going to look like someone else's. But at the same time, keep your mind open to the fact that there are many different areas of self-care and your physical health is one of them. And I think that if we move into a place of being understanding of what self-care can really look like in all the different areas that we can find it in, then we can intentionally acknowledge when we've participated in self-care, making us more open to continuing that behavior. Part of this brings me back to when we had to learn how to drop the ball and we had to organize our lists of what are glass balls and what are rubber balls and really take an inventory of how different things make us feel. This is right up there with that. Defining our self-care is very similar because I know for me, my health is one of my glass balls. I'm currently in bed, all propped up with pillows, because once again, my back is doing that thing where it just does not want to cooperate. I really want to get on my bike. I really want to get my workout in. It's just not happening today. So next to me, I have my superfood shake. I will make sure that nutrition is taken care of. I have my water because I can get all of my water in today. Maybe I can't be active, but right now, the not doing is the self-care. My physical self-care is making sure that I'm taking care of a part of my body that's afflicted. So just like so many other times, I've told you that one of the most important things for you to do is start out by identifying something. In this case, it has to be identifying the different areas of life that you need to take care of yourself in. And then in those categories, identify what needs to be done for you to remain content. Because it's the mind. This is really all it comes down to is the mindset, how you feel, how you perceive things around you. So everyone would have their physical needs on a list. And maybe there's medication involved, exercise of some sort, supplementation, nutrition, healthy eating, and a couple of other categories that we don't always imagine in our mind when we think of self-care is definitely going to be and your financial health. 
right? These are not necessarily things that we equate with self-care, but I've seen them come up time and time again in my searches and my research about let's, you know, demystify what does self-care actually mean? So again, there's a lot of habits that we can form that are unhealthy in all of these different categories. But and I think that's it. If we're constantly thinking that self-care equates with positivity and enjoyable, relaxing behaviors, then we're ignoring the fact that positivity is the opposite of negativity. So we need to learn how to achieve a positive frame of mind out of some areas that have the potential to be negative. And that's what validates work in finances. We know if we're not in control of our spending, we're going to have stress financially. So taking care of yourself financially would look like budgeting, saving, creating some boundaries on what you're going to allow yourself to spend money on or not, making sure things are paid on time. Because honestly, you could take as many baths as you want. But if you know that you're not in control of your finances, your mind, your gut, they're going to keep running. You're going to feel it even in that bathtub. And it's undermining the other areas that you're trying to find self-care through. Same thing with work. If you're not focused and you don't manage your time while you're at work and that you're bringing work home, you've just invaded the space that you have to achieve self-care elsewhere. So if work is a category that you evaluate for yourself, you're going to be able to see, have I created boundaries here? What am I doing to make sure that I can feel fulfilled about my job, but then not have it cross over and cause undue stress in other areas? And the cool thing that I actually saw a friend post recently that kind of just reasserts this idea of these potentially negative areas needing to be on your self-care list. I saw her post, Joe Mo. Okay, bear with me here. Joe Mo, J-O-M-O. Now, if I said to you FOMO, you know what I'm talking about, right? Okay, fear of missing out. But she posted this meme that said, Joe Mo, as in the joy of missing out. So, you know, I know it's a dead term now, but YOLO was a time where everything was, you only live once, do it, do it, do it, go for it, why not? And then FOMO would be from the people who were watching the people who would YOLO and they would want to do what they were doing and feel like they just had to jump in because if they're seeing all these people enjoy all this stuff, they must need to do it too. Chomo's the other end of that spectrum. So the joy of missing out is acknowledging that you do not have to be actively engaged in all of these things that you're seeing in order to feel fulfilled. There is joy in turning down a social engagement and just sitting in, maybe under your blankets, watching a movie, maybe taking a nap. It's okay to not be involved in every activity that your family's doing. I know this is for me. I always would have FOMO. Not even necessarily so much for me, but more for my kids. Oh, well, if they're outside and they're playing, someone's playing catch with them, I should probably be out there too, right? 
Like, aren't they going to feel deprived of their mother if she's not out there every waking second doing every activity that they want? That was my FOMO. But this week was a good example. As I mentioned with my back, I got up. I was very ambitious. I scrubbed the bathroom top to bottom. It's beautiful. It's gleaming. But I thought my back was okay. And then after that, it was kind of wrecked again. So I made it very clear. I communicated. Okay, here we are. I identified what I needed at the time. Cleaning the bathroom actually was a little bit of self-care for me. It made me feel very happy knowing that I was taking something that was disheveled and, you know, a little dirty and revamping that. It made me feel happy. So yes, even sometimes our chores can make us feel good about our day. But anyway, after realizing my back had kicked in and started acting up again, I just identified for myself, I cannot push myself today. A new week is upon us. I have to work this week. I have to get ready for Easter. I have other obligations to sports and whatnot. I can't be laid up. But today, it was a Sunday, I can just lay on the couch. So I made sure to then communicate. This should be starting to sound familiar and the same practice works with self-care. Identified what I needed, communicated it to everyone else involved that day. I am in pain. I am choosing to lie on this couch, took some medicine, have my heating pad. I will be watching shows and I have people come in and out. Sometimes they were playing. Sometimes they came in to sit with me and watch a show. And everyone was fine. It was totally fine. Sometimes I made my way outside and sat on the couch out there just to show face, say hello, get some fresh air. Everyone was fine, including myself. I do realize that I said I'm currently in bed right now with my back hurting, so it didn't do the job long term, but it's all good. My point is, I found joy in missing out on what everybody else might have been talking about or doing. And I just did what I needed. There may be a huge social gathering that you feel like you really wanted to go to. But as it gets to it, you may feel completely drained. And it's okay. I mean, I'm not talking about a wedding, right? I'm talking about just a casual Friday night out where you've had a really rough week. If your body is telling you, you cannot exert yourself for six more hours, the socializing, the physically being out, the late night, don't go. It's okay. Again, self-care is for you. It's a deliberate choice that you will make for yourself. And you have to be comfortable sitting in your own space, creating your own boundaries to be able to do that. And that really might be the hardest part, but that's why I've been preaching this from day one. If you sit with yourself and you enjoy that space and that time of quiet and looking inwards to what you need and who you are, because it's different from everybody else, then you can identify what those things are that you need when you need them and clearly communicate it to others. That is the process of setting the boundaries. Every area of self-care that involves other people or will affect other people in some way 
So like we said, work, finances, your social relationships, they're going to require you to set some boundaries. It's the only way you can assert for yourself while still maintaining relationships with others. These boundaries are so important as well because they work for you, if you work it this way, to help you 180 degrees around from Jomo. We want to maintain healthy relationships because it's an important part of being a human being is having those people in a support system. We want to make sure that we are being realistic and respecting our finances. Maybe we need self-care. Maybe we want skincare products or different supplementation, but maybe our finances say that that's not really the time for it. So this is another reason why it's so important for us to be aware of each area and how the dynamic is working together. Because if you recognize a need for that JOMO and you do cancel the plans, you just want to be careful. Does that turn into a habit? Are you increasingly blowing off plans and those relationships in order to just be secluded and, you know, binging Netflix or something. Because that is then not necessarily self-care. It becomes a bit of an indulgence. It becomes a bit of a behavior that may be concerning. Another example of this is the relationship I used to have with my health routine specifically to what I expected of myself with my workouts. I expected to have to work out every single day and to keep progressing with the level of challenge and intricacy of the workout. And I essentially set myself up for failure. So when I thought I was trying to practice self-care, get those workouts in every morning, I was ignoring some of those other areas. I was ignoring how my body recovers I was ignoring my work obligations and on days sometimes where that would be heavy, I had no flexibility. So I would immediately feel defeated if I could not get that workout in. So it's a really important reminder as you're navigating through self-care that if what you define for yourself as a means of self-care takes a turn to making you feel bad about yourself, it is no longer self-care but rather self-sabotage. And I mentioned earlier, a lot of people feel that self-care is defined by the things that we can do for ourselves. But self-care also has an area where we define the things that we will not do to ourselves. So as you continue to find your way through identifying self-care, that's going to really benefit you. Keep that open mind that some things that you thought would be self-care don't serve you. And some activities that don't really sound like self-care can absolutely help you out. As I mentioned, when I cleaned the bathroom, for me, I felt called to it. I felt that I needed to just do a deep clean. Not just the typical wipe down the counters and you know, clean out the garbages and clean out the shower. I mean, I was scrubbing moldings, getting in all the window sills. It was just something different. It was weird. My body brought me in there and was like, you need to get down on your hands and knees right now and scrub every inch of this floor and get all of these moldings sparkling white. And 
that comes down to an environmental need for self-care. That is my home. I spend a lot of time in there. I start and end every day and night in there. So there's something to be said too. That would be an area that maybe we don't think should be self-care. Cleaning, but I'm keeping my environment clean, safe, and healthy. And there's joy to come out of that. I think it's become a very common theme that the majority of things that we need to achieve within ourselves start from a point of relearning who you are. Life is going by so quickly that sometimes we don't even realize we've changed. And as the chaos is whirling all around us, it's almost like we become desperate for this idea of self-care. We know that things are crazy. We feel like our heads are spinning and we just want to grab onto anything that's going to present even an idea that we're taking care of ourselves and putting ourselves first. But my cautionary statement to you is that when you find that you are so desperate for self-care, it will lead to you stressing over that self-care, which most likely is going to undo any of the benefit that you would get from the activity in the first place. We may end up finding ourselves in activities that aren't really doing the job that we thought they would. So after all of the identifying and communicating and boundary setting, I still want you to reflect on the activities that you are participating in. Ask yourself if it really is reconnecting you with yourself, bringing you peace, lowering your stress. Because if the answer is no, then we need to step away from that activity. And there are so many different things out there. Like I started with my image search. You may have picked the beach, but maybe it's really the lake. The good thing is that we have complete control over all of our choices. And we're not stuck in any one spot forever. To sum up the main ideas here is that self-care is not one size fits all. There are many different categories that you can work on self-care and they include your physical health, your emotional health, your social relationships, your spirituality, your personal goals and hobbies, your environment, your finances, and your professional space. And my steps for you are almost the same as managing the mental load. Identify, communicate, but then I have reflect, right? So instead of delegate, you can't delegate self-care to other people. It doesn't even make sense. But after you identify what you need in the different areas and you communicate it to people, it doesn't have to be a big meeting. I might just mean you wake up and you realize, I need this today. See what you have going on. Maybe it's at the beginning of a week when you're planning out your week. I know a lot of people do that. If you have it in mind that you need to participate in one of the self-care activities you've identified for yourself, tell your family at the beginning of the week as you're planning. On Thursday afternoon, I am going to, or on Saturday morning, I plan on, and you communicate that. But then the very last step would be to reflect. You do need to check in with yourself to make sure that these activities or lack thereof, are serving you in a way that you actually feel better after. Because if you're not feeling better, then you haven't actually cared for yourself. Some words of wisdom that I saw 
believe it or not, from Hallmark. I don't know how this came across or when, but it stuck with me. It said, take care of you. Everything else can politely wait its turn. We're constantly teaching our children about the importance of waiting in lines, taking turns, but then we demonstrate for them a mom who never makes everything else politely wait its turn. So the best way we can get that lesson across is playing catch with you can happen, but after I finish my workout, take that bath, bake these cupcakes because baking is my hobby, whatever it might be, it can wait its turn. And I hope you notice I did not directly tell you any of the specific activities that you should be doing for self-care. Stop seeking it out from others. Others cannot validate for you what you need to be doing for your self-care. All I'm leaving you with to do right now is get to identifying those areas and coming up with what you think at this moment is what you would need in each of them. And then move forward. Just like your glass balls and your rubber balls list can change, so can this. Maybe there's an activity that you really enjoyed in high school that you try to get back to and you just don't love it anymore. That's fine. That's the beauty of this life that we have. We have one life and we get to make the deliberate choices for how we're going to make it look. So as long as we remember that we're in control of the chaos, and can redesign our environment and our surroundings to work with that chaos and don't let it control us, we will be able to identify, establish, and carry out healthy self-care routines. And that's a wrap on an episode of Drop the Ball. I'm so blessed to have shared this time with you today and I'm grateful that you tuned in to listen. I hope you're leaving today with something valuable to take with you and some action steps to put into place for your journey. Whether it's just me sharing my insight or we have someone bringing something into view, I ask that you please share this podcast so that others can be affected the way that you were today. And I'd love for you to subscribe to this podcast so that you can stay up to date with everything that Drop the Ball has to bring in the future. Don't forget to find me and follow me on social so that we can continue the conversation and I can bring more value to you in other ways. And it's a great platform for you to be able to get in touch with me and share your thoughts, your ideas, and your questions for future episodes. And give yourself permission to drop the ball so you can redesign your chaos and redefine your life. This has been Gina Kuhn with Drop the Ball.